am an optimist. (laughs) I think that there's more good that can come of it. And I think people just have to learn how to have boundaries around it because instead of letting our phones run us. So I'm like, the internet can be bad if you let it, but it can also just do amazing things and get people connected that never would have been connected before. That is my friend and fellow creative, Desiree. Desiree is the marketing and web manager for Archery Country in Minnesota. She creates graphics and social media content. She loves bow hunting and uses social media as a tool to promote the sport. Desiree did not see herself originally getting into this career, but now she loves it and loves connecting with people. In this episode, we discuss the power of media and how it can be helpful but dangerous. I'm Linnea Turner, and you're listening to Why Not. Well, how are we going to start this? <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I start it different every single time. I don't. Starting <laughs> is awkward, so I just like don't like starting them. I just like let it go into it, you know. I love podcasts. You know, podcasts learn so much. They're, yeah, and like I don't know how about the audiences for podcasts because like so many people listen to them. But it's still like a kind of a niche thing because there's a lot of people that still rather read things, right, than listen to things and even watch things like still very, I mean, you could say old school, you know, in a way. Yeah. For me, I never realized that audio was a way that I could learn well Mm. or like absorb things. And like, I think when I was staying at home with the kids is when I was discovered that I could be doing two things at the same time. I could be doing the mundane laundry folding and the dishes and whatever. And I could still be learning about foraging or, you know, this or that. And it was awesome. (laughs) Right. No, that is the beauty of it. You can kind of multitask and... It's just like easier to learn some things that way because like sometimes you really have to sit down and like read and some of the words are really hard to digest or if you hear it and then they repeat it in different ways like that can help a ton. Yes. And for me, I think listening to people and listening to people's different experiences on learning things in different ways, like I think gave me more confidence to go and try those things. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. What are like the kinds of podcasts you listen to? Because I've heard a few from you, but. I kind of have different genres of podcasts. Like I do like some outdoorsy ones and the ones that I've recently listened to were actually a few women that were on this R3 webinar with me. Mm-hmm. They, they they have podcasts and so I was listening to a few of theirs. And then my very favorite one right now is called House of Herbie. And it's all, like all about creativity and it's just weird, but interesting Mm -hmm. and it's a couple who were they actually were like a like a pop band from LA they had a label they went on tour they actually have like a really popular song in the 2000s and um, they decided that like having this record label was not it just wasn't for them like Hmm. it wasn't turning out what they wanted to be so then they magically like got out of their label which is like unheard of and now are pursuing this independent music and it's the woman raps and then her husband does like the beats but they talk about their whole journey of getting there and recognizing like when it wasn't for them Mm -hmm. and how they got out of it and then how they sort of got creative and just worked piece by piece to like build up what they have now 
they're kind of out there, but it's, it's awesome and it's inspiring and I don't know, it's different. Yeah, that Gotta sounds actually different. really interesting. I'll have to look that one up. I feel like you've mentioned like a lot of things about you've listened to people talk about creativity. You've read books about people like writing about creativity. And I find that super interesting. Well, I think when I first started in social media, I had all these great ideas about what I was going to do and and they just came out naturally. And then once you're cranking out all this media all the time, you kind of start to lose it because it's just you're doing it so much that fresh ideas just they don't they aren't always coming to you. So you kind of have to learn when and why you're most inspired and think about it and then try to put yourself in those spaces and I've been I've been trying to do that for a long time but I feel like I keep doing it in different ways like my little office area decorating it or putting art up or music or going out and doing something different just to like spark something I mean every experience that you have kind of helps your brain develop pathways of understanding stuff and you might think it doesn't have anything to do with what you're working on but in a weird way you can come up with solutions and ideas by doing other things. Yeah, that's interesting. Have you found like a when and where that helps you be creative? I mean, it sounds like you've tried a lot of things. Is there one that's really stuck with you? I mean, I think music helps me a lot. Just like get in the flow of of coming up with ideas. I constantly listen to music. Like on the way to work, my van is like blaring. (laughs) (laughs) Like I pull up to work and the guys are like, oh my gosh, what is she (laughs) doing? Because I'll be bumping something. And then that puts me in the mood and then I go to work and I'm like, all right, let's do this tackle all the things for the day. And then I also find that if I have to go out and be around different people, probably a couple of times a week and just have different conversations about all kinds of different stuff. And I find that my brain really just loves that and feeds off of that. And I'm excited and it kind of, I guess, refills my cup for the week Mm -hmm. as it starts to get drained out. So that's why it was so awesome when we hung out the other weekend, because I was like, this is like a new new person in my bubble. Yeah, that was really fun. (laughs) And we talked a lot, dude. (laughs) And that was good stuff. I really enjoyed that, too. That was fun. So like, do you listen to music when you work too? Or is it just like to pump up kind of deal? It kind of depends on what I'm doing. If I don't have to be interrupted by any coworkers, I'll put um, music on because I can't, I tend to not be able to listen to podcasts while, while I'm working. It's just too, oh, yeah. too much. That's so. way too much stimulation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've tried it. It doesn't work so well. And I think like the cool thing about music is that you can put on whatever your vibe is for the day, right? Right, yeah. If you need to just chill with classical, then do that. Or, you know, if you're feeling sluggish and you know you want a little bit more of a pick-me-up, then you layer the beats, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I'm not a huge, like, listen to music while I do things because sometimes it is just nice to, like, truly be able to focus on what I'm working on. But what I tend to do is listen to classical, like good guitar or cello or just like strings in general. It's pretty good. Yeah. Sometimes piano, but strings, they're just so good. Piano makes me sleepy, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's expression, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what's cool is like when people find a way to express themselves, especially outside the norm. I feel like anytime somebody's willing to take the risk to do something outside of their norm. Mm, yeah. yeah, I agree cool. with that. And I think one of the hard things about creativity in this day and age 
is there's not much originality anymore just because so much is out there that it's already been done. And I mean, even just like literally a very basic example that I think not many people think of as much is that even like movies and TV shows, like most of the new ones are literally remakes of the old ones. (laughs) Like there are so many versions of some movies and TV shows out there that it's kind of sad. Yeah. And I mean, they they crank them out. I was thinking about that the other day about like, or like when I remember growing up and sitting every week waiting for the newest, you know, episode of Friends or Mm, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, you'd wait every week, that one, then sit down and watch it together. And it's like, now they put it all out because everybody wants to binge watch. I mean, some shows are more sporadically released, but it's just, it's a lot. And then the faster we watch it, the more we want more, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's this crazy cycle of just this demand of media. All right. You know? Yeah, no, that's very true. The amount of media we go through, the amount of TV, like just look at the amount of streaming platforms that are out there. Yeah. Like I can name, you know, probably five off the top of my head and that's not even all of them. Because there's so many like free ones that have ads and whatnot. And then like YouTube is becoming like a streaming service within itself. And everything is just taking off and creating more types of streaming services within theirs, basically. And it's just crazy. Yeah. And I think that's why content is so overwhelming to think about sometimes. Because you think about all all these things that are going on technology-wise. And it's happening so rapidly. And now with like AI stuff, being able to find a lot of that too there's it's so much and we're all just trying to take in so much so fast it's crazy it is crazy crazy. and yeah you bring up ai which is a great point that like ai is going to change everything because like they can do everything we can do and when they can create the media and the writing then like we don't have to think at all and then there's just so much more out there right and then there's just even more like copying to some extent because like right at at this stage i don't think they can come up with anything in my opinion they're coming up with different layers and different forms of things or different aspects of things, but it's still human-based. So it still gives us out there somewhere. But yeah, AI is definitely changing the world. Yeah, and it's, go- it's going to. And I think the good thing right now is that it's all regurgitated information and it doesn't have enough knowledge to know what's good regurgitated information and what's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think like content-wise and media-wise, it's going to blow the lid off of a lot of stuff and it's going to be even more important that people put out content that really has their own spin on it because that's one thing that AI can never take away from people is perspective and, you know, just it can never see things from that light. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting though. It is for sure. And then like, yeah, what kind of content do you create for your job? Like I know you do a lot of social media posts. Yep. We're on most of the platforms. I do email marketing I do website, like copyright things, mm-hmm. and I do graphics for the website. I'm actually just did a change on our website today. Oh, um, did you do the theme change? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I did. I'm Well, it's kind of a test. I don't have all the pages built out yet, but I really okay. want to make sure that it functions sure. user-wise. Okay. Um, and so far, so good. Good. Did you end up combining like the categories that we were like talking about a little bit? 
I did. I, I narrowed down some categories and my coworker was like, this is way better. And I had my husband look at it and he's like, yeah, this makes a lot more sense. There's still a few things I got to shift around, but I feel like it's way more user friendly. And you really have to think about when you're de- designing a website. And I've listened to millions of podcasts on this. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You have to think about your audience and how they experience it. And then they said that one of the best things to do is actually even to have somebody that knows nothing about your industry go on your website and then ask them if they know what your website's about and if they could find something. And then that'll give you a good idea of how well it's laid out or not laid out. Right. No, I think that's that's a great test for sure, just because they don't know what to expect. And then they're truly like, using it for a search tool yes yeah and then just to clarify for people like you have to combine like categories different tabs to find different like pieces of archery equipment or i mean you guys had so many tabs i can't even remember half of them so we had we had lots of categories and i basically had to combine those so my thought was when people come to our website the overall categories like because we didn't want too many like you and i had talked about because before there was a lot more Mm -hmm. and those categories were relevant it was just like if somebody's coming to your website they kind of know a bucket that they go under so you know, mm-hmm. we sell bows and we sell crossbows and we sell archery accessories and we sell hunting related items or targets, bow fishing things, items like that. And it's mm-hmm. like they don't want to look through 50 categories. Right. Um, it's a lot of choices, a lot of decisions to make, but you just test, you change it. And if you then you just wait for the feedback, if it's bad, you'll know people. will. Yeah, that's for sure. And then, like, this wasn't your plan, necessarily, like, your plan in life, I guess, to go down this, like, social media, no. you know, design route. No. So, like, how did you end up here? And, like, do you think that maybe along the lines, so as you grew up, like, you had hobbies and interests that kind of led you to this route, maybe, or stuff that you've done previous that also, you know, facilitated it a little bit, maybe? I don't know that I necessarily had hobbies, that made me better at this. But I think like I remember taking a one of those tests in high school where they do your strengths and your weaknesses. And I am pretty sure that mine came out to be like communication, but I just had no idea what job I would do with a communication strength. Like, I don't know. The only thing I could think is like be a teacher. And when you're in high school and you're like, I do not want to be a teacher. I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't yeah. want to be here any longer than I have to. So I, I think about that all the time about like, yeah, how did I get here? And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a 911 dispatcher for a while and that is communication too. Mm, it's definitely. a different like realm of communication. A different level of communication. <laughs> yeah. Like think quickly, you know. Oh, uh, that that's. A communication form that I don't think I could do. (laughs) That's a little too high pace for me. (laughs) Well, it was too high pace for me too, but it gave me some really good skills in asking questions Mm -hmm. and trying to get the right information and thinking about people's perspectives. I also think I am a naturally curious person about why people view things or are interested in things. Or I ask myself a lot of questions about what I've seen. Like in college, my degree was in fisheries and wildlife and sociology of law, criminology and deviance. And sociology is like right in that realm of asking questions of like what in people's environments, you know, affect them in different Mm -hmm. ways. And I was eating those theories up 
and just like soaking it all in. And I think that sociology and psychology are huge parts of marketing or media, you know, just you have to know your audience. You have to know the people that you're talking to, because if you don't, it won't land the messaging. It just won't land and you'll know you won't get the reactions you want or when and when you're on you're on you Mm -hmm. know and then you you get the feedback and I don't know I love that well that's super interesting because yeah I agree that you really do have to know people especially for marketing and what you're doing like you have to understand what they like what they don't like how to change it according to their responses it's a lot of thinking a lot of time it is but the good thing about social media is that if it doesn't land tomorrow's the new post yeah you know true. everybody's forgotten about it yeah for the most part the only time that it can really bite you in, a, in the butt and I've seen this happen it can be a problem when people decide to hire agencies they just want to crank out media and they don't care about actually giving people value and they'll get it wrong they'll get something wrong and depending on the audience like call it out and they remember that Right. They'll, they'll remember, especially at least for sure in the outdoor brand agent like realm. Sure. I feel like people, they want to back their brands, but when they feel like they're just being in, inauthentic or it's not them, like when people hire agencies and those agencies know nothing about who that audience is and what they like and what they don't like. Mm-hmm. And they just start spewing off, off random things. People unfollow or they'll call it out and then they'll they'll say that that's a bad brand because they're not in sync with their audience. Right. And you kind of brought up an interesting point there. You said like, if like some posts where like truly doesn't really matter if it's good or bad, because then like, people forget about it. And then, you know, it's the next post the next day. So that brings up the kind of a question is like, what's the point of posting if people don't remember it? If it's literally just for that split second of time, you know, kind of like, what's your viewpoint on that? Because posts, you're right. Like, I, usually people don't remember them. <laughs> I think there is. And I've gone back and forth about this because those filler posts are really the ones that end up being like the most draining for the creative people. Oh, sure. <laughs> in the realm because you're like, I have to put something out today and this is just, what are, what are we even going to talk about? And this is boring. This isn't interesting. But the one thing that is good about posting, even if it's not the best, most inspiring or educational post, is that people know that your organization is up and kicking. You're not closed. You're not on, you know, and, and they can probably make contact with you. And that is what people crave. People want to be able to touch and communicate with those brands all the time. And now that we live in this world of the internet, everybody wants that and they want it like 24-7, right? Yeah, if it's 2 a.m. and they see a bow on the website and they have a question about it, they will DM about whatever, you know? <laughs> 2 a.m., sure. Yeah. <laughs> and when you respond, they're excited because now they have one-to-one access to you. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea. I mean, they don't know who's running, who's actually answering the questions right. on the back end, but they think that they have, you know, access to you. That is one thing that is interesting about social media because people like it because you can make connections easier and it's faster, yes. but obviously it has a lot of negative effects too with it. Do you yeah. think there's more good or bad in social media? What do you think kind of lies ahead for our future in social media? I am an optimist. <laughs> That's good because I'm not <laughs> with this kind of stuff. I'm not. 
<laughs> I think that there's more good that can come of it. And I think people just have to learn how to have boundaries around it because instead of letting our phones run us, like all of our phones have lots of settings, lots of, I mean, we have a notification. Like if you go on Twitter right now and you go to your settings or you go to, you can turn things you can turn them off. You can turn just the ones you're following. Like there's so many settings, but people don't, they don't want to set the settings. No, exactly. <laughs> like how do you teach people to use those boundaries? Like sure they're there, but most people don't use them. I'm still, I mean, I'm still working on it myself. It's a work in progress. And I think it's about like testing it out. It's the same thing with like trying to find your creativity. It's like you do something. How do you feel? You know, like, mm-hmm. Are you trying to work on whatever, you know, content you're working on and you're distracted because your phone keeps going off or are you checking your phone? Maybe that means you got to leave it in a different room for an hour. And I've actually been thinking about this, too, because I also listened to another podcast about putting your phone like not sleeping with your phone in your room because it can just make you more anxious. And it's the first thing you grab in the morning. And my thought was, oh, I can't not have my phone next to my bed. What if someone needs to get a hold of me? Well, their solution to that was you just tell people if they need to get a hold of you after a certain time to call you. You leave your, you know, you have your ringer on or you set your, you know, your family to be able to come through. Mm-hmm. And then you put it out in the hallway or in a different room. And then when your alarm goes off, you it makes you get up anyways, but you've, you're like disconnected. And so I am going to try that. That is interesting. I would actually... I would want to try that too. The alarm thing, like, yeah, I use my phone too. But like, I mean, I have roommates, so I can't really have my alarm going off at like seven o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So I'd have to get a separate alarm, I think, for that. But that is very interesting. And then you brought up how people at this day and age, like, expect you to be able to like be contactable at any time of the day. And it's just crazy how much that's changed. Because like, obviously, neither you or I were around when there weren't phones and there wasn't that option. But now it's just... It's there. I was I was around when I was in high I mean, school. Yeah, I guess you are old. <laughs> I'm old. I'm 35 and I am old. And I used to have to call my mom on the payphone to come get me from the mall. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> What's a payphone? What yes, I do. Have I used one? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am old. <laughs> But it was it was beautiful. I mean, it's kind of to me that gives me a panic attack. I mean, my mom was just letting letting us kids like get on the bus and go to the mall at 13, 12, whatever. <laughs> and then we just wander the mall all day and then we should come pick us up later. Like Right, but I mean, I think that where we were, or what we were doing, I mean, but there was just such a different level in trust, I think, back then and just like trust in society too that like your kids would yeah. be safe going out there and like when they need you they'll get a hold of you and you'll you'll make do yeah now it's like I look at my friends who are a little bit older than me and their kids are in high school or college and their phones you know the tracker on them Mm. and they know exactly where they are all the time yeah I'm big (laughs) anti-tracker yeah (laughs) (laughs) I just thought man if my mom tracked me in high school like Ooh. <laughs> You'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I don't know. And now I think about this with my own children and I, I got to figure out how to navigate this and what's healthy and what's not. And mm-hmm. 
Because we were talking about possibly getting a phone for Miles because he's getting into all these sports and things. And if we're late, I don't want him to be concerned that we're not coming just because I'm five or ten minutes late. Right. So I thought, oh, a phone would be nice so he could just call and be like, okay, are you on your way, mom? But then it's like, yeah, we open up this door and we talk to him about it even now. He doesn't have a phone that actually like works as a phone, but it has internet access. And we'll find him watching YouTube, which is not a bad thing. But I just want him to use it as a tool and not let it run him and Mm -hmm. then influence him. And especially when you work in social media, you're like, oh, man, you just know how you can influence things. Oh, yeah. Influence things. And then it gets sketchy. Right. (laughs) You know how easy it is to access things out there and how easily things can just come into your feed. Yes. And once you start like looking at something just a little bit. Then, you know, the software is like, oh, you like this? Okay, here's a bunch more. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't give you a balance. There's no balance. Oh, no. It, d- it doesn't, like, give you one video of this and one video of that. It's like one video of this and more and more and more until you... Until you finally find something else. <laughs> yeah. Right. And no. then you have to actively go search for something. But otherwise, it would just feed you whatever if you could kept swiping. Right. So, Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to figure out. But I think it's like anything else. You just keep trying. You fail. You learn some things. You try something different. You mm. fail. Yeah. Fail some more. yeah. That's kind of the way it is. Kind of learn as you go for sure. But how old is Miles now? He is nine. Yeah. I mean, that's still definitely young. Like in my opinion, no, he doesn't need a phone. Because I mean, obviously when I was a kid then did not have a phone. I mean, in this age, people and they're like, you know, three or whatever. A phone. I mean, that might be a little early, but like as soon as they go to school, even they have a phone. No, but like, think about this. Tablets are really not all that different than a phone. The only thing that's different about a tablet is that you can't actually like dial the numbers, but you can still video chat. You can still watch YouTube. You can all those things on a tablet. And every probably three year old that I've ever met have a tablet. Mm-hmm. No, kids know how to use technology young. Like that really is young. the one thing that we are, most of us are good at. <laughs> it's cool to see. And I I uh, have had some conversations with Miles and he's interested in things that because of it, like he is talking about learning how to code Java because wow. he wants to make things in Minecraft or a friend of his that does it. And I mean, those are things that I not, definitely not a nine did I have any idea? Right. Like, we were playing Oregon Trail, you know? <laughs> I do know what that game is. I do. But yeah, no, that's very true. And like, I would I would almost argue that internet in general is just like more dangerous than just straight like having the ability to call and text. Mm-hmm. You know, like the ability to call and text, like it's fine. And sure, like it can ha- be it's dangerous in its own ways. Like we were talking about earlier, how people expect you to be available to talk at any time. But at least, like, you kind of control who you talk with, where social media can be anyone and anything. Well, and it's funny that we talk about this because the other night when we were talking with Tejas and he, did he ask you if you had an old school phone? Like, Oh, right. Phone? Yeah, he was. Ta- I was, yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> about you, that. Yeah. And I didn't know that that was, like, now a fad, you know, like, or something that was happening. Yeah, because people truly are trying to turn away from internet and technology and just straight up talking, like, over the phone. And, like, I mean, there are phones. I mean, there's the old flip phones that, you know, just call and text. And they do, like, make specific, like, newer phones that are just straight call and text. So, like, there is a very targeted audience out there. 
That's so crazy. Well, I mean, I guess it goes to show, right? Everything in moderation. Like you, right. go, we, we, the pendulum swings like one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll see that forever in our lives. But it is interesting. I mean, I love the internet and social media because I do truly feel like there are so many things that I would not know about so many important things in my life. Like, for instance, Jade. She's my youngest. She's seven. And she has a rare genetic disorder called Cornelia DeLang syndrome. And when she got diagnosed with that, I had never heard of it. I knew no one. And I found a group, this group on Facebook, and I all of a sudden had access to a couple hundred parents of, of kids that had CDLS. And I got so much information from them that I, I don't think that I would have had access to it any other way. So I'm like, the internet can be bad if you let it, but it can also just do amazing things and get people connected that never would have been connected before. Right, right. No. And you're right. It's like anything can be bad if we let it, like you said. You're right. It's, social media has a great power to connect us to so many things and so many people and have help us gain perspective and understand things. But you still have to be willing to yes. like, search those things out. So it's still yeah. allowing us to have that power. So, I mean, it's just like, it's up to the person. Yes. Set your settings. <laughs> yeah. Make, use it as a tool. That's what yeah. I tell Miles all the time. Use it as a tool. Don't let it use you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I feel like you're teaching kids. Your kids are good good things. I enjoyed being in your house. It was, just, it was fun. It was good times. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. It's good, though. It's a whirlwind of, like, kid stuff and work stuff and my own stuff and a lot but oh yeah I believe we're having it. fun yeah <laughs> good I mean you just gotta have fun but yeah that's a lot to balance for sure it yeah. is and oftentimes I'm not sure if I am balancing it but every day is a new day <laughs> if I get it wrong <laughs> yeah I get it wrong one day sure it's a new day the next day so right and yeah overall I think you're doing just fine it's pretty cool got some good kids got a good job seems yeah. pretty fun got some cool hobbies Seem to tie in a lot of things there. I try to. I like to bounce around with stuff and try new things all the time. Because again, that's what my brain needs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's okay. You gotta do what your brain wants. <laughs> <laughs> well, out of all those things we talked about, like what do you what are you thinking about <laughs> your future? And your children's future. <laughs> and just like <laughs> broad terms, you know, goals, plans, outlooks. Oh. So I guess for me, like career-wise, I kind of like where I'm at. Do you think you'll stay doing what you're doing for a while? That I'm not sure about. How long have I you have been some- doing that now? Because you started doing... I actually started two weeks before... The COVID shutdown. So it was March of 2020. And I do like, I love what I do now because there's a lot of variety and I'm learning a ton. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as I can keep learning and as long as there's more challenges, more problems to solve, things like that, then I think I could stay with this job for a long time. I mean, I've been volunteering with the Becoming an Outdoors Woman program, too, for a long time. And I know that there might be, like, an opening there 
So I haven't decided if I'm that's something I'm going to pursue or not because I love just doing my volunteer thing and I feel like I get an opportunity to connect with women who are new to archery and hunting and or just outdoor things. That is so fun. It's like my favorite thing in the world to be like the entry point for somebody and then later get to watch them. I just get dive way into it. Yeah. It's so cool. The, the only thing that was holding them back was that they needed a space to try it in. And then mm-hmm. after that, it's like, you know, so it's cool to be able to hold that space for people. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's a rewarding experience. Yeah. And I get that. I get that at work, too, because I do some archery classes. And so it's fun to be able to watch kids and women. Yeah, to spark those interests and share like what you love and see someone else start to love it, too. I think that's that's huge. Yeah. And it's cool. You know, the ones that don't get into it, you normally don't hear from them. But the people who do, you like they connect, you know, they continually check in with you and say like, oh, I'm doing this or I'm going to this 3D shoot or I'm turkey hunting or whatever. And it's like I had I played like a tiny role in that. And that's cool. Yeah, that is super cool. (laughs) Since I get to do that volunteering and in my job, it's like that's what fuels it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You get just enough of it where it's, it's worth it. Yeah. But I don't really know. I feel like my whole career journey has been so many weird twists and turns, right? Right. Yeah, I guess we should mention here that you went to school and your plan was to become a conservation officer. Yes. We haven't mentioned that yet. And I think that's that's a pretty crazy story within itself. And the fact that you're doing what you're doing now, like it doesn't, it's not necessarily like opposite of that. But it's not necessarily like the same thing either, <laughs> you know. Definitely a different realm. Yeah, it's definitely a different realm. It's definitely a whole different path. But I think it's about in my life, anyways. Is like I kept thinking that my life needed to look this sor- certain way, and at every turn, every little twist, it worked out. And I had other opportunities, and I literally had to say, like, okay, we're just gonna try this. You know, why not? Why not just try this? Mm -hmm. Why not just see like what's going to happen? And a lot of times those are where you learn what works and what doesn't. Right. No, I think what you just said there, like we kind of think we have to be a certain way or do certain things to get to this this end goal that we all imagine to be, you know, perfect and we'll be happy and everyone will be happy for us. What's so funny is there is there is no end goal. And it's like that for everything, right? You go to school. In high school, you're like, I can't wait to graduate. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to be an adult. Then you graduate and go into college. <laughs> and then you're like, I can't wait to go to, you know, be done with college. And, and then I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to make money and I'm going to, you know, everything's going to be perfect. But life is always ups and downs, it's always highs and lows. Right. And all of us, everyone on the earth is just trying to figure that out too. And it's funny, like people say like, oh, yep. Then I'm get out of college and I, you know, I'm going to find a partner and then I'm going to get married and then I've made it or I'm going to buy a house and then I made it. I'm going to buy a car. Then this is all these things that whatever definition of success people want. And then we're constantly like seeking that out. And then we realize, yeah, that doesn't even necessarily make me happy. Like maybe I don't want the mortgage of a house. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, maybe I don't, it doesn't make me happy to try to be with one person for my whole life. You know, Mm -hmm. we just have a lot of options. Yeah. But I think what you you said a lot of good things there. But I think one of the big takeaways is that we're never happy with like where we're at. And we always have this plan for the future and these goals that we want to reach. And then once we reach that, we're still not satisfied. Right. And I think 
you know, we've talked about this before. It's just like in a lot of ways, that's just the American way. We want right. to um, make it right, as you kind of mentioned, and then be successful. I think those are big things. And just like success and the success is always based on what other people's view of you is. Right. Which is weird because really success is a personal thing, right? Like it doesn't mean anything if you're working all the time and you're drained and you're miserable. I mean, I I will say that from like working in dispatch, I had very odd hours. I was trying to do the family thing, work these weird hours, whatever. And I just got so drained. And then my husband looked at me and he's like, this is not worth it. And I think sometimes we get, I will say, I had the privilege of like, we weren't going to not be able to pay bills because I left that job. But even if I was by myself, I think I would have taken like a lot, like I would have made it work. But it's like, you got to check in with yourself all the time. Yeah, no, for sure. You have to be aware of what makes you happy and when you're not. And then you also mentioned a really good point is that we have the privilege to take that time and take that space mm-hmm. if we need it. Or a lot of people don't. And a lot of people are stuck in that cycle and don't get the choice to get out of it. So I think that's mm-hmm. really difficult for a lot of people to think about. But also, even when you are stuck, like I've had moments where I really did feel stuck in my unhappiness or my job or whatever. And I think it's important to think about the things that you can control and the ways that you can make it better for yourself. Because even if you're not in control of the the bigger things, there are things that you can do day, day in and day out to at least try all these different things. Like I don't read or listen to podcasts about creativity for no reason, you know, Mm -hmm. like trying to make my life better. And like, there are things that you can do that don't take a ton of time or effort, but still make your day better or work towards another goal. Like, even if it's 10 minutes a day, like I'm learning coding right now on an app. Oh yeah. Right. You mentioned that. That's super cool. Five minutes a day, just so I can keep advancing. Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean... That's true. We do have the choice to do something and not, you know, truly be stuck. But I think there's still a lot of variation within that. And it's still we are like very privileged because there are people that are like physically stuck. Like they can make little changes. Sure. But they're like in situations that are like, like in our point of view, our like our lifestyle is like impossible. Right. Right. So I think that's just always something to keep in mind it's not saying like our problems are not valid i think that's also another thing to think about when you think about the other situations out there it's like wow there is so much worse than what i'm going through right now and that can be a good thing to think about to like bring you out of it but then it's like it's still not saying oh my problems aren't valid it's just saying there's another world out there too yeah so yeah now that you mentioned it you've said why not a lot which i love that's great (laughs) (laughs) Like, what has been one of your, like, biggest why nots? Like, when, when's the time where you've made a really big decision with truly, like, why not? Because it sounds like you've done a lot of them, which is good. I think really, like, one of the biggest why not situations has been even getting into this career field, which was because I was a stay-at-home mom for three years. I had left dispatching to take care of the Jade stuff as we figured out her diagnosis, and we were juggling a lot of doctor's appointments, and she had two hip surgeries, and like, and at that time, so I got hired in March, and then that January, Jade had her second hip surgery, and I remember remember when my old boss 
the way that I got that job was that he saw me on Instagram and reached out and was like, hey, do you want to do social media marketing? And (laughs) at first I was like, I don't know if this guy's legit. I don't know if this is something weird. Well, then it turned out that I actually knew his wife from a church group that I had been a part of. So I was like, okay, well, he he was not some creeper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's not super random. (laughs) And then... um, And I had an interview and Jim and I had sat down and I was like, no, I don't know if this is a good idea with all of Jade's stuff. What if we can't, what if I can't handle both? What if it's too stressful? And he was just like, well, why not just try it? Like worst case scenario, you quit because it's too stressful and you're back where you were. And it's now I'm working 30 hours a week and taking care of Jade stuff too and trying to pursue my own goals. And I think taking that job and realizing that I had this gift of communication or this way to connect with people, like built confidence in myself because I think a lot of, sometimes we put our worth and our productivity on the, you know, this certain front. Uh, right. This. Yeah, that's very true. And so it gave me that and, and it built up my confidence. And then I realized, wow, like I am actually pretty smart with this kind of stuff and I, I can do this and I can figure out how to juggle these life stressors and still pursue something that that's for me. So that's what I think is my biggest why not right now. And every time now I'm less scared. I'm less scared to do to try other things because this one time I did it, it worked out. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. And I think you're right by saying that the more you do it, the more comfortable it gets. I mean, it's never comfortable, but it's just like you're more prepared for it. That's the point, right? Right. The point is to get uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and prove to yourself that, okay, that was uncomfortable, but I made it through. Right. Yeah. And I think like it might sound weird, but you should never be in a spot where you're like totally comfortable because then if you're comfortable, like nothing's changing. And like that's growing. Yeah, you're not growing. growing. And and that's just like crazy because like, I I mean, there's a saying out there, right, that like the only constant is change. And it's true. Yeah. And it is very true because something's always got to change. And that's just the way it is. I mean, it can be good. It can be bad. You will learn from it either way. But no, that's just... That was awesome to hear that it sounds like, you know, you found your, your spark in a way and you found something that you enjoy to do and you're good at when you didn't expect it. Yeah. And it's just interesting to hear other people's pathways and how they got there, you know, what changes they went through, what kind of decisions they made along the way, what they've learned from it. You know, the list goes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're at this, you're at this point in your life where you're just, you're about to get real uncomfortable, you know, (laughs) it's about to get uncomfortable. And I guess I'm just here to say like, it's going to work out. Like you have, like you have your stuff together. And even if you think that something's not playing out in the way that you want it to, it still serves some kind of learning in your life as you go through it. Cause I've been through every single twist and turn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. (laughs) That's good to hear. Someone made it out alive, right? (laughs) And there's just, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a crazy amount of people that have gone through amazing journeys and they make it out, right? And and that's the beauty of any form of media is that you can connect with those people and hear their stories. And that's why I love podcasts, podcasting. And I'd argue that that's kind of the reason you like it too, is just because you can hear so many stories. Yes. And from the horse's mouth. That's what's cool about podcasting too, is like nothing is edited. It's, or I mean, nothing is, it's edited. But <laughs> it's edited. Trust it's- me, it's edited. <laughs> <laughs> this will be edited. <laughs> I'm going to remove so much of it. <laughs> I'm going to add in things. I'm going to find AI software that can ma- like use your yeah. voice. 
<laughs> it's gonna be me saying all sorts of other weird things <laughs> yes but no i get what you're saying you know what i mean like it's it's raw real authentic thoughts and mm-hmm. even if they don't come out correct they're still there you can't you can't beat that mm-hmm. no there's there's like comfort in hearing the actual voice behind the words right you know that right. there's actual person there and you can you know feel their emotion while they're talking and yes there's just so much more depth and layers to it when you hear it podcasts take chances always want to learn more and use media as a tool there will be a part two episode with desiree soon so stay tuned why not is hosted and edited by me Linnea turner the music is made by jonah nelson thanks for listening and i hope you go out and do something new because why not